Hello and welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast, episode 154. Uh, my name is Declan, I'm one of your co-hosts here on the podcast, and joining me on the airwaves is the person who is always here, but always welcome, the other co-host of the podcast. This is the best intro that ever there was. <laughs> Please introduce yourself. Hi guys, I'm Roger, and uh, yes, I am the other co-host of this show. Yes, and uh, if you've not listened to this show before, uh, the, the general uh, idea is that uh, the both of us have been tasked to write a song within a week and we present each song here and then we have a little bit of a chat and a little bit of a discussion and a little bit of just a general natter about uh, about the songs and how we wrote them and what might have influenced them and various other fun things that connect to that topic and we screwed up <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's just get that out right out a of the long gate. story short <laughs> yes if you're listening to this around the time the episode should have released, you'll notice that it's a couple of days late. Uh, this is because uh, we um, I, I kind of deleted the audio file before it had been finished with. Um, we are dinguses, myself in particular. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, re-re- we're re-recording. So we're in this unusual position where we know what the songs are, but we're sort of wondering... Well, are we going to talk about the same things? And how much can we remember of the songs that we wrote? Mm. This is like doing the February challenge all over again. <laughs> I know. Well, and also, to be fair, yeah, it is actually. To be fair as well, I mean, we use a transfer, we use WeTransfer just behind the scenes here. And I didn't download in time, so the blame is very much shared on the technical <laughs> difficulties front. But uh, yes, we, we get to have this chat again, and uh, I'm quite looking forward to it because I quite liked your song this time round. I thought it was quite a good one. We, we, we skipped like listening to the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Teaser alert. Um, the song Declan's got coming up in this episode uh, is one of his best ever. It's one of my personal favourites, and I can say that because we've done this whole episode before. But you're in for a treat, honestly. Ew, hush you. 20 quid comes later. <laughs> uh, right, so now that we've set the uh, audience expectations quite high for this episode, uh, let's actually start meeting those expectations. So, Roger, uh, for this episode, uh, what is your song called and what does it sound like? Well, my song this week is called This Is Where It Dies, and it's it was written a little bit differently to usual. I'll get into that in a bit, but it's called This Is Where It Dies, and it goes like this. Oh 
hurt to change my mind And so I swallow my pride And let her decide This is the place where it died This is the place where it died So that was Roger's song for this week. Uh, this is where it dies. And is this where this song dies? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's fantastic. I absolutely love it. Ah, oh, I love this recording as well. It's like, we were just talking about uh, the bass lines for it, and uh, it is a very fun bass line on this, uh, particularly when it gets going. Uh, you said that you wrote this song in a slightly different way to normal. Would you care to elaborate on that? Yes, yes. Well, as you'll notice on this demo, most demos that we, we make for the podcast usually just showcase the skeleton of the song. We might have like a little bit of bass here and there, or maybe a second guitar part if it's part of the you know structural uh, integrity of the song. But with this one, I got some drums on there. And the reason is that I was writing the song from the drums up, basically. So in contrast to uh, the normal way, I think both of us usually write, which is... Either words and music, which is usually words and piano or words and acoustic guitar, and then you would later produce the song and build around it. This one, I started off the songwriting process by writing the drums first with no music in my mind. Hmm. Did you have like ideas for like a general sort of speed and tempo? Or is it just like feeling what was like good on the drums when you were sort of getting those bits together? I think drums is the instrument I'm the most basic on so i just kind of sat down and tried to find a, a groove that i like essentially what i did is i just set up a click track in logic and recorded for a while and i was tempted to write out like you know on a bit of paper just intro verse bridge chorus middle eight chorus whatever you know what the structure should be because i thought that might help me with this but i thought because what inspired it was i read that todd rundgren around the time of making the something anything album he would record a lot of the tracks, drums first, and then add bass and guitar and keys, and then finally add vocals and lyrics at the end. So I thought, to stay true to that, just sort of keep the structure nice and um, improvised, really. It's kind of interesting to hear you describe this as being more like an improvised song. It does feel like, um, at moments, like it'd be a fun one to play live, just like the sort of sense of everyone building, like dropping at the same time and sort of getting that element into it was that kind of like a challenge to sort of work around as you were sort of putting the music to it like thinking oh right I've got to build something that builds into here well yeah I suppose so because you know like I suppose with any type of songwriting you want there to be some variation contrast and you know um and with this one because the beat is quite driving and quite you know it's quite a rocker you know the drums the real tool I had the re only real tool I had to create that contrast was to create dynamic contrast so you'll notice that sometimes it's really really light like the same beat is still going but just like on the ride cymbal and then at other times it builds up and it's really it really gets going on the full drum kit so the dynamics were important i suppose with this kind of song it limits you to what you can do musically because i usually you know i'd, I'd chuck in a load of different chords and that sort of thing but i was working very much in the in the tight constraints of what i'd recorded on the drums so so the music was definitely a challenge, yeah. I mean, it's a simpler set of chords than you would normally use, but like, I've, it puts greater emphasis on the sort of tone of the whole thing, and particularly on the vocal. I really like your vocal line on this one. Thank you. That's that's reassuring to hear, actually. 
because that was like I put in my notes here. Was one of the bits that I felt a bit uh, doubtful about is the vocal melody because I wrote the drums and then I went over to the piano and I wrote this kind of uh, part on the piano around A minor, G, F, and E7. So very much, you know, like hit the road jack or like very sort of like... That classic descending pattern. Yeah, exactly. And and once I got to the... Because I liked the groove on the piano. I thought, okay, that kind of works. Then I had some bass and I thought, oh, the bass is kind of groovy. That works. But when it came to the vocals... I found myself quite limited as far as like what I could do melodically. So the fact that you say that you like what I did with the vocals is is reassuring because it kind of came off to me as a little bit pentatonic and and simple. Because, uh, you know, I mean, this is not what I'm used to. I'm, I'm used to writing with a guitar in my hand and usually I'll follow the voicings of the guitar to influence my vocal melody. But that wasn't an option right here. Yeah, I think you and I tend to write more structured vocals as a, as a general rule. Like you say, taken mostly from like the instrumentation where we're uh, like mostly writing the song. Like we'll often have lines and pianos that are like what the vocal lines are built out of or similar on the guitar. With this one, it does feel a lot more like uh, a live singer, like having a lot of fun with it. I feel that's the area where this would excel. And like, uh, yeah, it, you know, you say like, oh, it just sounds pentatonic. It's like, it's it's fine. That's. You know. <laughs> I know we say this all the time on the podcast, but writing simple songs is not a bad thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I love <laughs> pentatonic stuff a lot. You know, I'm a I'm a rock music fan, of course. I love pentatonic stuff. I suppose what I mean by that is is just when I improvise vocally on top of a more simple rock chord progression like this one. I tend to kind of stick to the same few notes. And I think that, if anything, actually, now I'm kind of re- reflecting on this after some time after writing it, it does work in its favour. And I think trying to kind of bake in something really complicated into the vocal line and the lead line, and even the lyrics to some extent, would have kind of been over-egging it a bit. So I think keeping it simple was really the uh, really the key to this one. Well, you do get a little bit of that more like structured, like a little bit of a rhythmic idea in the vocals for that sort of, I want to say bridge part. That... Before it falls down, checking out, look at it go, never with a reason to show. So you've got those two hits followed by the descending melody in that. So you get a little, you get a little of both worlds. You're good at improvising vocals. You, you good singer. Sing well. <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, I, speaking of the of the vocals generally, the lyrics, like I say, weren't too deep. This is where it dies. Like I'm basically saying, I don't want her to change my mind. This is the place where it dies. Maybe she'll change when she's older. We've yet to decide. So, like a lot of it, it just kind of the, were the syllables that worked when I was improvising and trying to write on top of the piano and drums. And I mean, lyrically, I suppose it's just about that thing of. It's like that old phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And it's like having somebody in your life who you care about, but maybe they're making self-destructive decisions or that sort of thing. And you're, you're just you're trying to help. You're trying to be there for them. And and it isn't quite changing. So I suppose like that was on my mind at the time of writing. And it's kind of like weaved its way in in quite a, a simple way i suppose it's a succinct way of putting it like uh, it's it's very it feels very open but very true uh like there's there's a lot that people could sort of read into that in their own like situations like uh you know i think we've all felt that thing at some point of like having someone that you know and just like thinking like 
mate, could you just stop making bad decisions? I'm trying to help you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a very sort of universal feeling. I mean, I'm sure people have felt that about me at some point as well. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, but there's nothing too deep in the lyrics, really. Um, the last thing I'll say on this one before we move on to yours is uh, I wanted a little bit of variation. And uh, I think I said this on last week's episode as well, but um, something that I'm trying to do at the moment is kind of make my intros my instrumental intros before you hit verse one a bit more interesting and diverse so with this one i found myself uh using a chord progression that occurs later in the song which is where you climb from c major up to e7 to get back to your a minor root and i just thought you know what i'm gonna use that as the intro because it's a kind of weird thing to do for an intro of a song in a minor is to go um basically c d d sharp e7 over and over again and then eventually you go b7 e7 and then a minor into the verse so the intro is very different from the rest of the song but i, I kind of like that in a way well it's a little bit of what you call ear candy like uh it, it's that sort of particularly because the intro is that sort of like that kind of rhythm before it goes into that first melancholic verse it's kind of like, right, everyone, the song's starting, pay attention. <laughs> right, sad. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that like it, it kind of kicks in. You think, oh, man, this is going to be a rocker like, that has no real emotional depth to it. And then it's kind of verse one, like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then like verse two kicks in. It's like, oh, no, this is a rocker. And I am still sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, I feel depressed. <laughs> <laughs> but boy, am I having a good time. But yeah, I mean, uh, this would be, I think I think on the previous record of this episode, we spoke about maybe recording this song at some point together. Um, maybe it was like a Schnookum song or something. Yes, 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 we did. I still want to do that. Please, please make this happen. I want to be on the recording of this on the final one. This, this would be so much fun to play live. Please do it. Please. Let's do it. Please. Let's do it. Please. It's on the podcast now. It's on the podcast. Yes! It's documented. <laughs> it's out there. Might have clipped the mic there a second, but it just shows you how excited well, You're not on I camera was. right now, but I can just imagine you punching the air. I literally did as well. <laughs> well, I mean, the same goes, and how's this for a segue, listeners, for your song of this uh, episode. So uh, would you tell us uh, what your song's called, and uh, then we'll have a listen. Oh, he's a flatterer, isn't he? Um, yes, my song this week. What did what did I call it in the end? Um, <laughs> you can <laughs> it's been tell a few us years <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You can tell us a bit about a week and a half. This one is called "I'm Not Your Friend," uh, and it goes something like this. for me 
trying to prevent just to shift you in hopes I miss you on something else instead. Each wave helps to build the pressure. I feel the way. If you ever ease my burden in time and worsen, I've learned this much too late. That is a Declan song uh, for episode two of this uh, season, and it's called I'm Not Your Friend. I absolutely love this song. Fantastic. I will just say, like, right off the bat, before before you talk about how you wrote it and everything, I just love the whole structure of it. It's like almost like a classical piece of music, because you've got the guitar doing the chords, obviously, and the chords are awesome. So right off the bat, it has that sort of, like, diminished and minor type of sound to it but then you got the bass line going and doing its thing and then you got like the top line it just works so effectively i love it thank you very much um this this song basically just came out of noodling around with some chords basically as like just a little finger picking thing so like the as we were saying before like the way we normally write or at least the way that i normally write is that i'll try and hear a melody within the set of chords that i'm writing and that becomes the vocal melody which was the case on this one which led to a bit of a problem, uh, as the vocal melody that ended up arising was a bit out of my range. I'm, I'm I'm not the world's strongest singer when it comes to the high notes. So I lowered it, and I kept lowering it, and uh, eventually I ran out of strings on which to lower it. Um, <laughs> so I got to the point of like, okay... This this is going to be a little weak in the choruses, but we'll we'll see how we go. <laughs> oh, I don't think it's weak at all. I know what you mean with the range thing, but it's quite a high pitched song, and there's always that like temptation to be like, oh, shall I just tune the guitar, the whole guitar down like a tone or so? And it's like ah, but that like to have one song that I do that for it, yeah, it's uh, I'll just grin and bear the high notes. I think <laughs> the alternative would be to do it as a baritone, like a I don't know why. <laughs> I even try. <laughs> there, there, is, there is an argument to do it that way. That would be even more sort of operatic. An argument for hilarity, but it doesn't really like fit the tone of the whole thing, really, if you did it that way. No, true. This is this is my struggle. No, that's true. So you said you were like noodling around with different chords and that sort of thing. Like, at what point were you like, I'm going to pursue these chords into a song? And like, what was the genesis of the song? Um, the genesis of the song was it got to Sunday evening and I had to finish the song and I comp- and I, I realised I didn't really have anything. So I found an idea that I liked uh, and then I wrote a song. There we go, end of discussion. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, um, it's moving between A minor and D diminished uh, and like a little melody playing between the notes of that, mm. which was a lot of fun uh, for me to play. But then the process of getting the end of the whole thing out properly was very iterative it felt like a i felt like a computer trying out programs in that like i tried ending it with one set of chords that didn't work try again with another set of chords didn't work try again with a third set of chords, and just kept on going until i found 
the right way to get out of the whole thing. I like the idea of you just trying to write chords and you're like, 404, error not, error not found. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just page not found. <laughs> Melody not found. Yeah. <laughs> Beep, boop, triad diminished. But it, it kind of shows. It shows that loads of thought went into the chords. What was that iteration process? What did that look like for you? And how, wh- where did you end up, I guess? Um, I ended up uh, at the point I've been trying to avoid, basically. like the, the whole thing is like thinking, like, right, I could just do something around F and E to get back into the rest of it that's probably not going to be the best thing so i'll try and do like loads and loads and loads of variations on it um and then i sort of came across uh the version that i ended up using which is like a d diminished over f then to an e and then back into the a minor to sort of round the whole thing off and then i realized with the amount of notes that i was playing in that particular chord i was basically just playing F and E. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the thing, like trying to kind of be not clever in that bad way, but just kind of like, okay, I'm going to figure out a different way of doing this. I'm going to be a bit more creative. And, oh, it's just the chords I was trying to avoid. Okay. <laughs> I think there's an E diminished that I managed to get into the first line of the uh, first line of the chorus. So I'm happy with that. I got my little uh, non-diatonic thing there, but it's, most of it is just four chords, um, which... Again, we but we both wrote really simple songs this go round, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. We're validated. We feel seen. It's an emotional moment for us. I'm talking about next week episode. Next week's episode now, which is gonna confuse things. But this is another instance next, where next we've written in the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is another instance where we've written in the same key again. It's interesting to sort of hear two very different takes on a similar tone and like a similar similar chord center. The words for this one are about a different thing, though. Um, it's about work, basically. I think all of us have struggled at some point with giving too much of ourselves to work or or an employer and not getting anything out of it because ultimately the people, the, the company that you work for does not care about you. You are an expense and you will be gotten rid of the minute that uh, you become too expensive to justify which is a different thing from uh, like being friends with your co-workers and being friends with like your immediate bosses and things. It's it's more like giving up something for this algorithm, this company that will never do the same thing back for you. And it's just like, okay, that's cool. Can I write it like a love song though? <laughs> so you personified your feelings about work into like, like as if you're singing to a person, I suppose. Yes, I'll stress that this is not at the place where I currently work. Um, <laughs> just in <laughs> case anyone's listening. Um, but no, I've, and it's not a it's not a thing that I deal with very often. But it is something that has happened. But yeah, it is taking that feeling, writing about it, and then deliberately disguising it, mm. uh, so that <laughs> so that people go like, "Wow, someone must have really hurt him." Who hurt you, mate? A previous employer. <laughs> I didn't even get any overtime. <laughs> oh, man. And I I think I said this last time, but um, I like the idea. In fact, I love the idea of personifying like a, a situation or like a, a general nebulous emotion around something um, into a, you know, because the classic pop thing is I'm singing about you or her or him or them or whoever, you know, and to kind of treat the uh, 
the situation in that personified way, I think is really clever. And it's something you've done before as well. Um, it's a really great effect. Thank you very much. Um, it, it is something that I do quite like doing because uh, I do like pop music and I do like that very simple direct me to you, you to me uh, sort of way of writing words. Um, at the same time, uh, to write the amount of songs that we've written on the podcast and have them all be about uh, like the romantic situations that that would imply um, would have re required quite a lot more living than I have done, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, I think so. So it's, it's kind of a nice tool to talk about the ambiguous sad um, <laughs> and, and make it accessible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And also, I feel like there's a um, a nice thing about, or kind of a reassuring thing, I suppose, as a songwriter, if, you know, because I've had this where my audience isn't like massive or anything. So if I write a song about a certain person, you know, I've done this, you know, when I was younger, written about a relationship, and that person I'm in a relationship may hear it because I'm trying to express my feelings, not trying to get them or anything, just because music's that form of therapy sometimes. And to kind of change the the gender or like kind of talk about the situation in the way you've done it, where you pinpointed it and personified it is, is, is it's easier to write that way. I suppose is what I'm trying to say. It, it means I don't have to have many awkward conversations with people afterwards about <laughs> why did you put that in the song about me? Oh man. Um, because apparently that's how all my friends talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. If you were to produce this one, a, could I be involved and B, how would you do it? I think we said last night, there's a lot of referencing to this lost episode going on here. Um, for those of you who can't look back through a quantum tunnel to sort of see uh, into the past and what we actually said at the time, tough, these references are going unexplained. Um, I think we did say last time that, um, uh, like, maybe maybe schnookums? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, there's only two parts to it. It'll take five minutes to record. Right, right, exactly. I mean, there is the, with a song that's this, like, delicate and in its arrangement and stuff, it can be tempting to add loads of over overdubs to a recording when you record a song like this, like, but I don't know, there is an argument also for keeping it nice and simple and stripped back. I mean, to be honest, I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's got too much stuff on there at the moment with the bass, so I just put that on there so, like, <laughs> I could have some low end. <laughs> <laughs> you know what could be good is like um double bass rather than electric bass that would be fun um sadly i don't own a double bass um although i've just realized uh i think seb from boundless brothers does so yes seb if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> mail in your double bass to weekly song podcast at gmail.com um i'm just gonna say about this song as well i i love the the rhyme scheme like in, I think it's verse two, you say, I tried my best just to know you. You kept me back. There's nothing else I can show you. You hold on to every hidden track. I like how you got the rhymes, like the main rhymes, and then you've got like other rhymes within those rhymes. It's it's a really cool, and not just the rhymes, but the rhythm of it as well. It almost has like a kind of um, hip hop uh, structure to the lyrics in a strange sort of way. Thank you. Um, I'd like to say that that's intentional, but I would be telling a dirty lie. Um, <laughs> it, it's more like when, because like I said, that's based off the line on the guitar. So the line on the guitar is doing do 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 that that middle section is separated from the other ones. Ah. So it, it 
I, I felt it was better to sort of give that its own rhyme rather than sort of like connect it to I what was happening in front or behind, as twere. Makes sense. I mean... It, Who were matron. <laughs> I mean, the, th- the thing that, again, like I said at the beginning of us talking about your song is like, it has that classical feel to it where it almost sounds like an instrumental guitar piece of music, but there are vocals. And the fact that the vocal melody is baked into the guitar part you know, it wouldn't make sense to, like, write something else melodically or rhythmically on top of that because it would be almost two top lines competing. Mm. Yeah, like, there are some songs where you want it to feel like a jumble of melodies all weaving together, and there are some where it's as bare bones as this, where it's just like, nah, everything just goes together. Well, like, if you would, if you took the same chords and just strummed them, you know, just, like, cowboy strummed them, then I think you could sing a different melody on top, but that... Again, that's not where the melody's baked into the guitar part. Yeah, the fact that it's picked with a definite melody to it does does add that degree of should get everything to follow harmoniously along if we can. So uh, what have you been listening to this week? And why this week? I mean two weeks ago, I guess. So something I've listened to recently um, is uh, the new EP by Joel Culpepper. Uh, Happiness is only a few miles away. And I quite like it. I like the title. What kind of music is that? Uh, it's kind of like sort of solely uh, sort of a bit of a funky vibe uh, to some of it. There is a track with Tom Mish on it as well. Um, they released uh, that a little bit ago. Did you ever hear Sergeant Culpepper? I don't think I did. Check it out. It, it's brilliant. Uh, if you get a chance, check out a track called War. That's the thing, that's why I hesitated. I think you have played it to me before, but I haven't listened to the the full record, but um, I'll have to rejig my memory on that one. Give it a go. Uh, I think you might like it. Other than that, not a lot springing immediately to mind. Uh, well, on my end, I've been listening to... Uh, I listened to uh, Back to Front by Gilbert O'Sullivan from 1971. And he's one of those artists where... I wonder if you have artists like this where I know he's good... Good songwriter, I've heard a few songs on the radio and here and there, but I've never listened to a full album until now, so that was interesting. There are significant gaps in my knowledge. Um, there, there are a few artists like that, yeah, where I go, yeah, of course, that's a brilliant one, and I've just never, ever, uh, never, ever taken the dive. Like, uh, you know, I'll talk to the higher heavens about how I love the writing of something like uh, Chain Reaction. Hmm. And yet that has not inspired me to go into listening to any Bee Gees records, and I have no idea why. I think some of it's just time, and there's lots of other things to listen to, and yeah. But every now and then you get the opportunity. There's too much stuff. Could artists just stop creating? No, there's Ugh. enough music to last for years. That's actually something somebody said to me when I was about <laughs> 15. And I, I don't know why I phoned up a record label, but I was about 15 and I'd written, I don't know, some songs, not even very many. I didn't have anything out or anything, and I kind of phoned up a record label on a Sunday to see if they would, like, have me work for them, basically, like, as a songwriter, or sign me or something. And this guy, he obviously had a free afternoon, and he had this 15-year-old on the phone, and he said to me, do you really think any more music needs to be made? And I was like, what? And he said, there's enough songs. You don't need to write any more songs. No one needs to write any more songs. And I was like, what a 
cynical take from a you know someone in the industry i suppose the thing is at that point you're dealing with business rather than artistry so yeah you can sort of see Mm. how uh again a business would prefer a safe investment and a safe investment is some of the massively popular songs that have already been written um however Mm. should new songs be written yes otherwise we're out of a podcast yeah exactly (laughs) exactly but yeah i mean i don't know how i got into that or how we got into that but um, the Gilbert O'Sullivan uh, album was really good. It contains the songs Claire, Out of the Question, and the big one that everyone knows is Alone Again Naturally, which is one of the coolest chord progressions. When a little while from now, if I'm not feeling any less sound, I promise myself to treat myself and visit a nearby town. I'm climbing to the top. You used to cover that, didn't you? I did. It's almost like you've asked me that before. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's coming back to me now. <laughs> um, yes, I did. Um, but I think the only reason I dropped it is because, again, it's like amazing chord progression, but like so many different modulations and stuff to remember that I just couldn't remember it in the end. So, How dare good songwriters write goodly. Goodlier I than I is can. It... The goodliest, honestly. Um, the goodliest. That might be a title. <laughs> <laughs> the goodliest. The the only. Oh, not the only. Sorry. One of the things I love about um, Alone Again naturally is like, it has all those complicated chords and it changes key and it kind of does all these modulations into the bridge, but it's still a pop song. It's still like straight ahead and understandable and digestible and it doesn't challenge the listener in any way. Really, it's a really cool example of like a complicated, simple song. If that makes sense. I get entirely what you mean. It, it, there is a particular skill to like throwing all those little bits in there and still getting it to work on that level. Because, like, you know, you can have incredibly complicated music, really well put together, like, you know, bigger brain than ever I will be, the goodliest. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it will just fail to connect with you. Because, you know, the the, the trap is to get more into complicated things sound complicated as opposed to complicated things sound good there is a distinction there is and it's <clears throat> it's very clever when people when people toe that line in you know unusual ways or unconventional ways i mean also it's a song about you know suicide and quite a lot of dark things losing a parent and things like that and the fact that it was like a fm radio hit and like got really wide airplay just again is a testament to what a good song it is mm yeah it's a very well constructed song that is I need to go and listen to it. Well, that's about all we have time for on this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the episode, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments, questions, or if you're stuck on a song you're writing, or if you have a song that you've written in a week that you want to send in for us to listen to and play on air, um, then please do. You can email the show at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on YouTube by searching Weekly Song Podcast, Facebook by doing the same, and we're at Weekly Song Podcast on instagram we also have declan and i we also have a collaborative project called schnookums <gasps> we did a schnookum spectacular episode a few episodes back where we dived into our album and we spoke about how we made it and how the songs were written a lot of those songs came from the podcast so it's kind of a full circle thing we have an album out right now called attaboy and it's on spotify and bandcamp and all those sorts of things we're also most active on uh instagram uh at schnookums s-c-h-n-o-o-k-u-m-s uh, so give us a follow there and we also have a sneaky ep in the works so yeah 
Absolutely. So, Declan, where can people find uh, you and your music online? Um, You can find me in various places online, but you must find them yourself. Uh, No, uh, you can find me on Spotify, Tidal, iTunes, uh, Bandcamp, various other fun places. I have a Instagram, at Camborna. I don't do much there, but you can see me sort of occasionally post a story about a song that I'm listening to. That that's more or less it, basically. <laughs> so Instagram, Cam Borner for very good music recommendations. Actually, you have definitely have your finger on on the pulse more than I do. Uh, you, you say that it's more just me burning through uh, listens in a week and going like, oh yeah, I can't remember anything I've listened to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the uh, amount of music out these days. Seriously, just stop creating. <laughs> Um, exactly, it's like that record exec said Just don't make any more music There's just too much And if you want to listen to some more Too much music uh, Roger, what about your Too much music And and, and where can people find it and, and is there anything else That you would like to promote And also, this is just a time for you To do some talking So do the talking, the goodliest talking <laughs> Go Go. No pressure, no pressure um, yeah, so you can find my music on all the same places Declan just mentioned, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Bandcamp, all those sorts of things. I also have uh, Instagram, which I'm fairly active on, which is at Roger Heathers. And uh, I have a new album coming out on December 26th called Racing Alone. And I'm documenting that process ah! by sending out newsletters and blogs about it, which you can find via the link in my Instagram. I publish on Substack and via MailChimp for a newsletter. So I kind of write about making music and recording and what I've got coming up and uh yeah so excited to release some new music soon and yeah and thank for all thankful to everyone for listening yes uh thank you for listening thank you for speaking thank me for speaking <laughs> uh, we'll see you again next week with the with the episode uh next episode of the season episode three and uh and beyond that um <laughs> Ta-ra. <laughs> Ta-ra. <laughs>